Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. And today I'm going to talk with Mike Doplays and Tom Soderling from Polaris. Polaris manufactures snowmobiles, off-road vehicles, and Indian motorcycles. So an app for a snowmobile. How does that work? Well, we're going to find out. So, hey, Mike. So tell our listeners a little bit about more about yourself and uh, about this app. Uh, yeah. Hi, Matt. Um, about myself, I've been in software development for a long time and actually working um, in multi-platform development since kind of the beginning of uh, the invention of the iPhone, where it made it, uh, you know, uh, something that you needed to do. Um, I've been with the Ride Command team now for for about two years managing the team. You know, this has been the most fun app that I've worked with because I am a motorcycle and power sports guy. Um, Ride Command is actually branded across our infotainment and our apps and websites. Um, but specific to the app, it's really a compa companion app for our vehicles. Um, or you can use it standalone. You don't have to ride a Polaris vehicle to use it. So uh, within Ride Command, there really are six apps. Um, uh, as Matt said, we produce snowmobiles, off-road vehicles, Indian motorcycle, and slingshot. And so we have three versions really that cover off-road, Indian, and slingshot. And then, of course, they work on iOS and Android. What we like to say about the app is there are features in there um, to help you before, during, and after the ride. So really before the ride, you can find out where are there legal trails to ride um, and, and plan a ride. Um, so we have 800,000 miles of trails roughly in the app between off-road and snow. And Polaris has done a lot of work to really curate those trails and get them into our maps by partnerships with trail managers. While you're riding, you can record your ride. You can see where you are, where the next upcoming turns on a trail, or if you're on an Indian motorcycle, you know, you can use it to see, you know, roads you want to take or even do weather overlays and be able to see where a storm's coming in. Um, and then after your ride, um, you can look at, you know, where you went, you can save your ride. You're also able to uh, send that ride in a 3D view to uh, friends via many social media channels. Now, this app really is, it's really amazing, and is that it's a companion app for your ride, and it does a, a ton of things, and it really, I had no idea that, like, snowmobiles had an infotainment display, like a seven-inch display on the snowmobile itself, and the app can, like, you can plan out your ride, and you can actually see the map of where you're going to go on the, on the snowmobile display. And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but I wanted to ask Tom, tell us a little bit about yourself and what was your role in this app? Sure. Yeah. I've been doing mobile development for about eight years or so. Um, you know, like Mike, I was interested in the iPhone and I've been a .NET developer since college, but I always carried an iPhone in my pocket. So when I saw that there was an opportunity to to write C sharp and have it run on my iPhone, I mean, I just jumped headlong into the opportunity. So I've been doing Xamarin stuff ever since then. Um, you know, the 
the great thing about Xamarin development is, is we can, we're using Xamarin forms so we can deploy to two platforms at the same time. And as Mike mentioned, you know, this single code base is actually six apps in one because it's branded for three different, uh, three different SKUs or skins and brands and also for two different platforms. So it's pretty cool to be working on this team, working with this app. It's, it's incredibly fun. And last but not least, we do have Alexi Strock here from Microsoft's own AppCat team or the customer advisory team. And I didn't want to forget you, Alexi. I didn't forget about you. So you did help out with the app too. And one of the things that you did perform were code reviews. So Alexi, give us the inside dish. How how How's the code in, inside the app? Is it okay? You give it two thumbs up. Hello, guys. Yes, uh, I worked on this app doing code reviews and not only code reviews. And I need to say that app is in great shape. It It is well maintained. It has a huge code base, lots of dependencies, but still in a very good shape in terms of maintenance. So Tom and team are taking good care of the app. And uh, adding new features into app, and I was looking into some of the new components, also help with the migrating of the Xamarin forms, App Center, and it all went well. Cool. And we'll, we'll get into a little bit more of the cool stuff that you worked with, Alexi, but I want to hold off on that just for a bit. But um, Tom, back to you. Um, so this app, as we, as we mentioned a little bit when talking with Mike, that you can actually plan out your ride and essentially add, answer the question of where can I ride legally and safely, which is a big deal when you're on a snowmobile because um, you don't want to go across private property or yeah. go across, let's say, a lake that, well, maybe a private lake or a lake that could be open, maybe, and it's too big of a lake, it doesn't freeze all the way. So how did you guys build in that functionality? We mentioned that it probably it's Xamarin Forms, but can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes. Um, we currently use a, a plugin and a map toolkit and a a rendering surface called Mapbox, which is pretty popular. It's an open source product out there. But one of the biggest hurdles that we came across was there were no uh, Xamarin SDKs for it. So the first hurdle we, we found was just to get a good set of bindings for it. Thankfully, uh, we were working with a company um, out of Vietnam that had some bindings, and we were able to work with them and partner with them to to get things up to speed. So that was some of the work that we didn't have to take on ourselves. But that initial implementation, you know, was a pretty big project for us. And about two years ago, we finally made that transition. We were using a previous um, app map toolkit that we we don't like to mention anymore. But uh, now, you know, having this new Mapbox toolkit is really breathed the breath of you know life into this app. We wouldn't be where we were without that Mapbox toolkit because at the end of the day, you know, this this map this app is mostly about mapping and, and using and seeing your trails. And it's super cool in that you do have 800,000 miles of trails mapped yeah. in there. I mean, it, Polaris doesn't own these these trails, but rather you do have a map. That way your riders can go out and find um, the trail. And it's actually like you do see a line. It's just like if you're using Google Maps to find directions. Like if I was trying to go find the best restaurant you know, on the north side of Seattle, I could map that out. It's kind of the similar concept for what what you're doing and so how did you how do you go about actually routing i mean how do you actually go and draw that line is that part of the map kit that you're using or is there some other way that you're doing that 
Yeah, it is. It's kind of a combination approach. You know, we have these bindings for the Mapbox toolkit for both uh, the iOS and the Android SDK. So at the end of the day, the G, the it's a GPL service or a Map GL uh, canvas that gets drawn. That's how the trails get drawn. So a lot of the information related to your current, your personal tracks, that's information that we store in our cloud services. And then we pull that down. So anytime you want to like attach a photo to that track, or you want to change the name or the color, we handle all that stuff as far as the models. So those models are your own user rides and those get synced from the app to the cloud. And then to draw them on the map, that's using some, some functionality that's built into Mapbox, but also kind of a translation between that model that represents a track to the actual line that you see on the map surface. So Mike, I wanted to ask you about the whole infotainment center that's going on in these vehicles in that there's a map on the vehicle itself. And when you plan out your ride, you can sync that map to the vehicle, but it also kind of, it syncs back to like these two, the, the vehicle is syncing with the application. So can you give us like a high level overview of how that works? Uh, sure. Um, there's a couple things uh, involved there, you know, as technology has changed, of course, it works differently from model year to model year. The very most current um, vehicles actually have modems in them on like Indian motorcycle, where they'll talk directly to our um, ride command cloud. Um, but for our other vehicles, including snowmobile and off-road, we use various techniques, usually around Bluetooth LE, but you could plan um, on the web, um, the app would share uh, the exact uh, data that you're using, using the same um, cloud-based services. And then when you do a Bluetooth connection to that vehicle, uh, you go to a screen on the infotainment unit and it will show you what is on the vehicle for rides that you've recorded and what is on uh, the ride command app as far as um, rides that you have planned. And it's as simple as clicking an arrow and it will transfer the data between one and another. Um, so if you plan a ride on the web, you can download that to your vehicle. And so I always found this interesting is that you are literally interfacing with hardware here with over the Bluetooth. So I'd imagine Pol Polaris has their own hardware department. I mean, obviously you're creating the, the snowmobiles, but so do you have like people creating like firmware and all that, that you have to kind of come up with specs with and work with together? Or is that kind of taken care of where they just say, here's how you communicate with Bluetooth. Here's a spec set that you have. Um, yeah, there is, there's definitely a partnership there. Um, there again, depending on vehicle, um, exactly how it work, it works has changed over time. But um, we're able to access uh, through kind of a network that exists on the vehicle, many different things, including interfacing with that infotainment unit. Going back to you, Tom, uh, we, we, we talked about before the show a way where you can actually, I think it's called group ride, where you can see group members on the map so essentially nobody gets left behind so if you're if you're out there on your snowmobile and like one person is getting dark or something and one person hasn't made it caught up to the rest of the group you can kind of see where they are so they so they don't get lost 
I'm guessing that's also like you can see little dots on a map. Is that correct? Can you kind of explain that feature to our listeners a little bit? Yeah, that's an incredibly useful one. We have a lot of people, especially in the snow riding season across brands that use this. So it doesn't matter if you ride a, a Polaris or some other you know machine, they're using this group ride. So they're all in a group together through their cell phones. And as long as you have cell coverage, you can see little dots on the map of everyone in your party. So like you mentioned, no one gets left behind. If you're coming up to a stop, you know, and you want to wait for everyone, you don't have to turn around. You can kind of just wait for the dots to collect and then go back on your way. So it's it's been really helpful. It's even been used in search and rescue um, operations, which is incredibly awesome. Well, that's really that must make you feel actually pretty cool, pretty good inside that. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> your your app is being used for. Well, your, it makes you feel good inside that your app is being used for both recreational purposes, but also I guess real life, you know, saving people purposes. Yeah, that was a really cool story to hear about. The app must have to then communicate to a cloud somewhere, and I, it's called well, Ride Command Cloud. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about the web API that you put together? For that, because there's all good mobile apps do need to communicate somewhere. So, and this one happens to be C sharp. So, if you can just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I have a little bit of information. You know, I'm I'm a map app developer. I'm you know primarily. So, our services are built by a different team. But what we have is called the Connected Vehicle Cloud, and that's a .NET Core app that's running in the cloud. And really, frankly, you know, the Ride Command apps would be nothing without the backend services. So, we have this incredibly great team of service developers that are building in new features and APIs for us to use. Um, We expose them through a Swagger page, and that gives us information about how to use it and how to test out those endpoints. So whether it's, you know, syncing data from the mobile app to the cloud or sending your GPS location for group ride, all that stuff happens through an interaction to, um, to our CDC cloud services. We recently integrated uh, a library called Poly2 that helps to give resiliency and error handling to our network requests. So when you're out in the wild, a lot of times you have spotty cell coverage. So that's an incredibly important use case for us to make sure that the app works well and communicates with these backend services when we're out in the field. That's a great use case for Poly, where you can actually set up different, um, essentially, retry policies for your for your, for the app to use. So... Very neat. And uh, Poly is open source and you can de- put it in as a NuGet package. Mm-hmm. So so this app itself is built with Xamarin Forms. Did you move up to Xamarin Forms 5 yet? Yes. Thanks to the excellent work of the app customer advisory team and help from Alexi, we are now on Xamarin 5.0 and uh, loving it. All right, Alexi, over to you. Um, so what did you think about the, the migration to five? And give us give us the dirt, because I always make David Ortnow listen to these. Um, actually, they're really good for him anyway, uh, customers <laughs> hearing about it. But how did you feel about the, the move to uh, Forms 5? I feel like with every major Xamarin Forms upgrade, it, it is easier and easier, because I was upgrading Xamarin Forms starting from probably 2.5 to any major uh, version of Xamarin Forms. And I need to say that this upgrade to Xamarin Forms 5 was uh, somewhat straightforward. We did hit a few issues. Uh, one of them was a regression when we use some uh, not a number or infinite number with which request, which crashed the app. 
but eventually we were able to troubleshoot it. Tom with team found and isolated the specific control which was causing that, and we found a good workaround for this. Other yeah. than that, the dependencies were updated correctly. We did find some other tooling issues, small ones, but all these kind of experiences helps us to improve the tooling and this upgrade procedure. So I hope upgrade to Maui will be just a single click of a mouse. Yeah, who knew that you weren't supposed to divide by zero? You know, I think that was the biggest <laughs> hurdle we had in the Xamarin 5.0 upgrade. You know, this app used to be a Cordova app back in the day. And in 2015, we, we they upgraded it to Xamarin Forms and that was version 1.5. So we've been using a lot of versions of Xamarin Forms and this mm -hmm. 5.0 upgrade hands down has been the smoothest one we've done so far. So what is, Tom, your favorite, uh, I guess, feature of Forms 5? Are you seeing any like specific features of it? Or I guess what, what makes you the happiest with it? Yeah. One of the things we were really excited to take on in Xamarin Forms 5.0 was drag and drop. We have a, a couple of places where we want to drag and drop list items and reorder things or drag and drop which tabs you see on the bottom of the app. So drag and drop was a big piece of it too. Of course, we're always interested in app performance too. You know, How can we make this app run super smooth, super fast? So that's a big benefit for us. And of course, Stepping Stone to Maui is on top of our mind too. Will you be using up Maui right away? Will you be taking it in? Or are you going to play around with it first to prove it out? I mean, this is just, you know, for my own edification. And um, I mean, I guess what, what, are, what are your plans with Maui? Is it, you know, November, take it all in and release the app again in December for the next, for the next season? Or will you give it a test run first before you, before you switch the app over? Well, I have a little secret weapon. It's called the App Customer Advisory Team. So I believe we're going to be engaging with them in, in the near future to help that first migration. And then I think once we run it through our QA paces, you know, and do some testing with it, probably going to want to release on that. You know, I don't know what the firm date is yet or the plans, but we're definitely going to be, I think, one of those early adopters to take it on and start to see what, what goodness it has for us. Uh, that's good to hear. I mean, it's, November, it's preview two is out. You may as well just start playing around with it today just to get your feet wet. Why not? It's absolutely, yeah. Whole new world out there. And it's just fun as far as, you know, just being a developer to play around with all this stuff. Yeah, I saw the the podcast or the, 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 the post about the preview two version. So can't wait to start playing with that. I've seen a bunch of demos, but I can't wait to try it myself. Cool. And so, Tom, you mentioned being performance always top of the mind. And Alexi, I know you helped out with that, with something we haven't talked about a lot on any podcast recently, and that's the profiler. So first, tell us a little bit about what the profiler is in general, and then how you put it to use in this in this app. Sure, absolutely. Profiler is a very useful tool, which most of developers are scared of. I'm not sure why, but it provides you with lots of metrics about your app and almost uh, transparently for you. So you just start the session and see how your app is using the CPU, using memory, and if you have any bottlenecks there. And that's what we did for Polaris app. And you usually use Profiler when you already have an app and you want to troubleshoot something like uh, some legs or memory issues 
or you just simply see that your app is overusing CPU and battery, so you just go there and see why, when, and what is causing this usage. And Profiler, there is a Xamarin Profiler tool integrated into Visual Studio, and it's not integrated, it's standalone tool, but uh, you can easily start it from Visual Studio a session and start collecting data. It allows you to see in details which methods are calling uh, and what they're calling and how they use your CPU and memory and also can identify memory leaks and everything you use incorrectly. And it's as easy as you say it is. I just have to start it up, attach it to my app. So do I have to have my app running on device or can I run it in a simulator? What would you recommend? You can do both. You, it is as easy as starting a, the app. You're just using different options in menu. And uh, I personally prefer to start it on simulator, on iOS simulator specifically, to accelerate the profiling. Because when you do profiling, you're doing, you are doing it lots of times. Like Especially when you're doing memory profiling, you can start app for like hundreds of times trying to identify the cause of memory leak and restarting sessions. And the faster you start, the better. Unfortunately, with CPU profiling, it is better to start on device, so it will take a little bit more time. But uh, CPU is important to profile on device, on specific device, because you use a real device CPU and not your PC CPU. Okay. See, now I've just learned a whole bunch about profiler and I'm not scared <laughs> of it anymore. <laughs> we have a really good session about using profiling profiler on channel nine with james we did it probably a year ago okay yeah i'll link to that in the show notes and you know what else you should do alexi is you should write one of your blog posts for the xamarin blog again on the profiler i know you just did one with the drag and drop but you should do another one on the profiler <laughs> sounds good actually yeah, right. the, the drag and drop thing it was also part of the polaris uh, modifications and we were thinking about how can you easily reorder items kind of configuration manner and with a recent upgrade to Xamarin for 5 we were able to use these gesture recognizers and uh, the drag and drop became a really simple task even though Xamarin forms does not support drag and drop out of the box in collection you, you can easily achieve it with gesture recognizers yeah, super cool. it should, everybody should definitely go and check out that blog post. So I know we mentioned it in the uh, last Xamarin podcast a couple of weeks ago. But um, yeah, definitely check out Alexi's blog post because then, um, like I said, those are one of my favorite types of posts because they actually show you how to solve a problem that's not necessarily in the documentation. It's just a little bit off the beaten path. But once you see it, it's like, yeah, I'm going to be able to use that in one of my apps. So we'll link to it in the show notes and it's definitely worth checking out. So, Mike, back to you. What would you say is one of your favorite parts of the app? Or even, like, what are you most proud of that, that you and the team came up with here? Yeah, I think Tom touched on a lot of them. You know, the basic functionality, and before I was the manager of the Ride Command team, it really was kind of that safety feature of where am I and how do I get home or how do I get back? So we did talk a lot about um, uh, planning your ride and following a route, but 
you know, even myself, a lot of times I just want to start taking trails out in the woods and kind of worry about it later. So we have a feature where you can, um, you know, knowing that the app may not be in cellular coverage, we you can actually download um, a, a pretty large area. So for instance, I usually download about two thirds of the state of Minnesota and just keep that as an offline map. That way, if I'm completely out of cellular coverage, I've been riding and not paying attention, just kind of, hey, that looks like a fun way to go. Let me go this direction. Then I can stop and look. And it, it actually, in the app, will leave a trail of where you were riding, kind of breadcrumbs, so you can follow those back. Or you can see the other trails and say, wow, I've never really came back this way, but it looks like it comes back around to the, the cabin I'm going to go this way and see how that goes. So that's a lot of the riding I like to do early on a Saturday morning, not a lot of planning, but let's just ride and figure out where I am later. Cause I know I can get home. Yeah. And that's really, that sounds like a great thing. And I know from, I used to live in Wisconsin as we talked and that's what a lot of people do. They just kind of go out and uh, have fun and there you go. So Mike, you said you have two thirds of the state of Minnesota downloaded. So that must be 6,666 lakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually Minnesota has 13,000 lakes to be <laughs> honest, but uh, <laughs> it's a lot of lakes, especially because I do the Northern half of the state where most of the lakes are actually the area I'm in. I don't even know how many, er- how many lakes there are uh, in that County. I think it's the m- most, uh, most, shoreline of anywhere in the U.S. in a county, um, in Otter Tail County in Minnesota. Northern Minnesota is a beautiful spot and uh, do miss going up north, as, <laughs> as we used oh, to yes. call it. <laughs> uh, so, Tom, back to you. So how do you guys, I guess, test or let's say call, just distribute the app? I mean, where are you guys using to uh, push the app out and, and everything? Is it um, sure. App Center or DevOps, yeah. Azure DevOps or... How do you do it? We are doing both of those actually right now. We used to use um, Hockey App, and then we moved, made the transition over to App Center probably a year or two ago. So that's been really great. Every time you know we have a CI build going, so every time we push code to our master branch, it gets into the hands of our QA testers who can validate the work we're doing and close out the the work items that we're working on. So that's really important. Um, you know, unit testing too is another big thing in our app. Uh, that was a big challenge. When I first came on to the team, that was a big hurdle to kind of get over just a different philosophy of how you write code. And it makes you think about code differently when you know you have to write a unit test for it later on. So that's part of the app side testing. And then we're also working on a a unit of automated uh, UI tests too, using an Appium, C-sharp based Appium framework as well. So that's coming along. And I think we're going to just leverage that more and more. Um, on, on the build side too, we're using Azure DevOps to build our mobile apps, and that's been really great. You know, no more custom gnarly MS build scripts, no more um, installing tool updates on Mac Minis, none of that stuff. You know, you just click a few boxes in Azure DevOps, and you're off running. So that's that's been wonderful. Yeah, using DevOps for builds are is great. Are you using YAML? Or are you or are you still doing the classic graphical user interface? It's funny. I didn't even know that YAML was cool now. Alexi showed me that when he did the review. So I'm a classic editor guy. I I, I don't know. I haven't made the jump yet. <laughs> I'm I'm right with you. I mean, you would think <laughs> that the graphical user interface one would be the next step up, but it's now YAML. It's, it's, yeah. Isn't that funny? 
<laughs> Does that Alexi, mean I'm old? I don't know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Alexi, what are your thoughts there? Um, just on the whole YAML world and, and, and using DevOps for, for doing a build. I mean, I'm doing classical as well. And uh, I like the option of quick, um, quick designing tools. And, but also I like flexibility of YAML. So whenever you need to go deeper in details, you just switch to YAML and edit whatever you need to edit. When it's in plain YAML from the very beginning, it's hard to comprehend and to start building the pipeline. I know it's still simple, but it's, it's hard. It's a bigger entry point. Yeah. Yeah, the configuration as code, too, is a cool idea. You could take those YAML files, check them into source control, and that's kind of a cool concept, too. I can see that. Mm-hmm. There's a reason for it. I just like my drag and drop. It's I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the app can also do, like, social networking, essentially, where you can... Um, well, here's a cool feature that I'm going to kind of step back from it, but it ties into the social networking, is that it does, like, a 3D fly-through of your ride, too. Almost like a, it kind of reminded me like a Google Earth type fly through. That was, that's super cool. And, um, yeah. and then you can kind of you share it out with social media. Is that correct? Is that, is that how it works? That's right. Yeah. You can sort of relive your tracked ride, you know, see a 3D flyover of where you went, the photos you took on the ride. And then we can create a, a link and share it to, you know, our own community, which is a social platform sort of, or you can send it to Facebook or Twitter or just send someone a link over text, you know, and say, hey, this is what we did on Saturday and they can kind of relive it. So that's been a really cool way to, to experience the ride after the fact. We use a branch IO integration for that too, which is pretty popular in Xamarin apps. And I would definitely recommend that that is a tool. So let me just recap this app. Um, you have trails. So you like your, you have a social network comp- component to it. You have the ability to see where your friends are on this trail. I mean, you guys are doing so many different things within <laughs> this app. It's actually really, it's amazing what you're all doing with just one app. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's quite a big code base, you know, and it's grown over the years too, as we keep adding members to the team as well. But it's really impressive how much we've got packed in there. And so, Tom, I wanted to ask you, we kind of touched on it a little bit before, but technically wise, then what are you most proud of, you know, from the code, from the code level? Um, you know, I think it would have to be the the Mapbox integration that we took on. That was a pretty big effort, but just the, the fundamental change and the options it gives us, you know, in the app is, like I said, we wouldn't be where we are without that today. So that's a pretty big achievement in my book. You know, we're continuing to work to take on Mapbox upgrades and add new features and to make the map experience the best it can be. But from a technical standpoint, I think that's really the most impressive thing in in my mind. The app itself looks beautiful, especially with that map in there. So, yeah, for sure. All right. So, Mike, back to you. Um, Do you have, I guess, anything else you would like to add about the app or let our listeners know about the app at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, like a lot of apps, it's, it's evolved, uh, quite a bit over time. Like Tom said, started as Cordova and, um, you know, with some of the very early, uh, teams that we had, I mean, we had talented people, but it wasn't as important to the company, um, as digitalization has become more and more a part of all companies and even a power sports company like Polaris, um, this app has gotten a lot more attention. 
Our CEO is even aware of, you know, issues in the app. Um, he uses the app. And that resulted in, um, you know, kind of, you know, Polaris definitely wants to be one of the, wants to be the most technologically advanced power sports company out there. So as people saw a good app, um, and we had a very small team, um, maybe four developers on it, um, we got some additional funding. So what I was not proud of, and I didn't like reporting each month, was about a year ago, uh, actually even maybe eight months ago, we were probably two point some stars in the uh, iOS store, and we were in the low three stars in the um, uh, Google uh, Play Store. And since October, we've went from those ratings to a 4.0 in the Apple Store, and a, I, last number I saw was 4.54 in the Play Store. So to have such a tremendous team that was able to get money to focus on quality and to raise, you know, an, an app with a lot of ratings in it uh, by that number, I didn't even think was possible. So, you know, the app has got a high level of quality in it. I mean, our crash rate is minuscule. Um, and, and that's what makes me the most proud of it. It is just a high quality app. When I came to the team, um, we had a smaller team and people like to point out bugs to me. And I took it really personally. Like every time I talk to some, oh, you're on ride command. Hey, look at this. This is this doesn't work right or whatever. And we took all of that to heart. And we have been, you know, we spent really three months just saying we're going to build quality back into this. And it's really paid off. And, you know, month after month, they're record setting usage months. And, and that's what really makes me proud is to is to have a high quality team and a high quality app that, you know, is just really uh, leading the entire industry, in my opinion. Yeah, I would totally agree that. And well, first off, congratulations on getting the numbers way up. And when I saw the app, I was, you know, blown away. Not that I was expecting anything else, but just a lot of times when you hear about an app that's produced by a company that does something else, you know, so really Polaris makes power sports vehicles. Right. Um, the app itself sometimes is a second thought, right? But this app is first class. It's, you know, you would guess that it's actually made to be an app first, that Polaris is an app making company. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. So, it's great to and, hear. and I think our management has recognized, um, you know, at some point, you know, I'll, you know, all power sports companies were around features and horsepower. How can we add more of both? You know, and you get to a certain point where, I mean, these things are incredibly powerful vehicles nowadays. Um, it's it's really amazing. So now it's that full experience around it, around your ride. And Polaris has completely em embraced that and, and has uh, done additional investment to make this app as, as good as it is today. So, Tom, anything else that you would want to want to add about the app? I think um, I'm really impressed with just how far Xamarin Forms has come. You know, I've been using it for quite a while, and initially in the early days of this app, we had to write a lot of custom renderers or to do things uh, that that our design team wanted was pretty difficult. But now, 
I can't remember the last time I wrote a custom render. You know, if we have to do something that's platform specific, we can always get down to the API as we need to. But for the most part, we're writing effects, you know, to do little tweaks or behaviors, you know. So it's really impressive to see how far Xamarin Forms has come. So I'm really proud to be to continuing to use it. You know, initially people thought, ah, you can't you can't build a real app with Xamarin Forms, but it's definitely not true. And you know, the step to Maui is that gives you even just further proof of that. Um, you know, and, and one final thing too is you know, I'd, I'd be amiss not to just mention the team that is Ride Command. You know, we have 10 app developers right now. We have web developers backend, um, our GIS team that collects the trails. Even they work with clubs, the boots on the ground to getting our trail data. I mean, everyone in that ecosystem is is amazing. So this app and this whole ecosystem is, is nothing without the people inside of it. So just uh, really proud of that team and how they work together. Yeah, it's... It's a big app. I mean, it really is. And um, yeah, so congratulations of just get, getting everything together and getting it out and having it look good, having it perform good when we had the tour of it before this recording. I mean, it's snappy. It works, you know, obviously. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's thanks. it's innovative, that's for sure. And you don't have to actually have a Polaris vehicle to use it. Anybody can download it and actually start playing with it as you guys said when you test it you just hop in your hop in your car and run errands around town to to give it stress tests right so yeah um so yeah so all our listeners can download it and start start playing with it and you don't have to have a snowmobile that's right you can make your walks even more exciting by reliving them (laughs) i'm gonna do that of the the walk (laughs) yes that's what i do So at the end of every podcast, we like to close it out with a pick of the pod, and it could be anything you want, whether it's a book, some videos from YouTube, some music, software, whatever you guys like, like that you're listening to, playing with, that you that you want to let people know about that you're that you're having fun with. So my pick of the pod right now is well, I'm not sure if I'm having fun with it or not, but I'm doing a lot of electrical work around the house. I know I mentioned it a couple. Uh, Xamarin podcast to go. And um, so I'm watching a lot of YouTube videos on uh, electric work. And I, at this point, I feel like I'm, I know enough not to zap myself. So that I mean, that's good. So I watched enough YouTube videos on how not to uh, shoot myself back 10 feet from any electric outlet receptacle and, uh, or, or light. So yeah, I'm onto that. That's, that's my uh, pick of the pod. YouTube electric uh electrician videos oh boy i need that yeah. too you have to send me some links matt this is great Abs- absolutely i'm a new uh, homeowner so it's all very scary those yeah. <laughs> i'm a i'm a new old homeowner so <laughs> um alexa do you have a pick of the pod Yes, I was thinking about it, and I realized that I'm spending more time in VR, virtual reality, recently. And I don't have specific game or app there, but I found myself uh, entertaining with more social kind of games where you could uh, find other people to play with, talk to them, and just just drop into random game and start talking, playing, and it's all about VR recently for me. So you can just drop into random games. So like somebody's doing their own thing in the world, you know, the virtual world, and all of a sudden Alexi just shows up. Yeah, for example, most of the games now incorporates voice chat. And like from the recent games, it is a gorilla tech, for example, a very popular indie game 
made by, I guess, one developer with more than 100,000 users already over a month, I guess. And you just drop in into a random game with 10 other people and start chasing each other and talking to each other. And you never know these people. You you probably won't even see them again. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> inspiring. <laughs> well, <laughs> Cool. <laughs> I played not enough tags when I was young. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that sounds really interesting and cool. Um, Tom, what's your pick of the pod? Well, look at the pressure. I'm so excited I get to do a pick of the pod. Um, my pick has got to be my Prusa Mini Plus 3D printer. It has been awesome. I'm I'm pretty late to the 3D printing party, but. Now I totally get what all these weird fanatics are so excited about 3D printing. You know, taking a model from your computer or from Thingiverse and then having it produced in the 3D world is amazing. It's it's really like the same connection I love with Polaris, right? We're writing software, but also interacting with real machines that are fun. So my Prusa 3D printer is awesome. It's super fun. And I spend a lot of time just watching it do its thing. It's It's fascinating. <laughs> You know, you know what? 3D printing will come in good for your um, amateur electrician work, especially if oh, you really? ruin, if you, especially if you ruin some walls. That way, you can uh, print out a really big faceplate to cover up all the uh, drywall that you managed to oh, uh, that is punch genius. open. Yes, I bought a sawzall, <laughs> and I have done that, Matt. How did you know? <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> the previous owners, I've been going to Home Depot and buying really big faceplates. <laughs> All right, Mike, pick of the pod. Uh, yeah, so my my personality is, uh, you know, I manage, you know, not only Ride Command, I manage some other teams. It works well for me because I'm kind of, um, I like to, like, kind of move around and have a bunch of things going at the same time. So movies and books are tough for me. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll read a book to the last chapter and then I won't pick it up again. So, um so YouTube is really great for me um, with my attention problems or whatever it is. Um, so recently, um, Polaris has released like the 2022 snowmobiles. And even though I've worked with the infotainment in that, it's nice to see it being used, being displayed, being sold to the customers. So um, the head of snowmobiles just did one for the release that was a few weeks ago. And I watch various um, things about our product. I mean, maybe I'm boring, but, you know, I'll ride, somebody's doing a review of Ride Command and I'll go watch it and I'll be like, wow, there's something that we should probably improve. Or why doesn't that person know how to use that correctly? What are we doing? So um, lots of power sports related things. And, um, you know, as we all know, you get on YouTube and the next thing you know, you went from this to that to the other thing. And, and, uh, um, that happens to me too, but, but I've been really focused on, you know, power sports and our uh, newest snowmobiles lately. Well, that's, that's cool. I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. Once you go on YouTube, you, you get sucked right in and, uh, let's just hope you don't find a power sports on TikTok. Because then you'll be gone forever. <laughs> I refuse to install it right now. <laughs> I see people hypnotized by it, so it could happen to me. All right. Well, thank you, Tom and Mike and Alexi. I really appreciate it. Um, we learned all about the Polaris Ride Command app. Super neat. It's 
and you can install it. You don't need a Polaris machine to run it. We'll put it in the show notes. Everybody can go download it themselves and check it out. And this has been the Xamarin Podcast.